The North Carolina Tar Heels got their biggest win of the season this weekend over Virginia Tech, and it was all thanks to an unlikely candidate. What does that mean for the Tar Heels' postseason hopes? We'll talk about all of that and more on today's show. Tar Heels, your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, it's Isaac Shade. It is Monday, February 21st, 2022. Welcome in to the Locked On Tar Heels podcast, part of the podcast network for Locked On. I'm your host, Isaac Shade, and unlike Cole Anthony, I am not wearing Timberlands today while I am podcasting. It is our very first show that's dropping on YouTube. Uh, It's great to be with you if you're listening on the normal audio format, but if you're with us on video for the first time, thank you so much for diving in. Glad that you are here. I want to thank you for making Locked on Tar Heels your first listen every single day. And don't forget that we are free and available on all podcasting platforms, Apple, Spotify, anywhere else you get it. And of course, now on YouTube. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds and lines than ever before. Bet online, where the game starts. On today's show, we're going to preview the matchup with Louisville coming up tonight in the Smith Center. But before we talk about that, we're going to have to unpack Carolina's massive victory over the weekend. Carolina waltzed right on into a wacky scene in Castle Coliseum in Blacksburg, Virginia, and came away 65-57 victors over the Hokies. It is by far Carolina's most important win of the season. I'll unpack why that is in just a bit and what it means for the postseason. But off the top here, let's talk about the game itself. Coming into this game, Everything, and I mean everything, was pointing in Virginia Tech's favor. Let's list off some of the things. They're coming in winners of six straight. It's their senior day. Castle Coliseum is always a crazy place to go into. When you combine all of those things with Carolina's, let's just say, embarrassing showing the last time out, and really, the Hokies are looking for revenge from the loss earlier in the season to Carolina, and everything is pointing to the home team as the favorites. Thankfully, though, as we know now, it was indeed the visiting Tar Heels who walked out of this bubble matchup uh, with the victory. And so Carolina is now 5-3 on the road in ACC play. What does that mean? Well, it ensures that Coach Hubert Davis is going to be at least, at least 500 on the road in his very first ACC season. Boy, that is impressive. I know there's all the talk and everything going on, but to go 500 on the road in the ACC in your first year, that's super impressive. And that's just where we're at right now. He could win more games and actually have a winning record on the road in conference play, and we will find that out. There are three of the most important things that I think contributed to the win this weekend. One of them was super likely to happen, but the other two, not so likely. And so I want to unpack those here all together. The first of which is the three-point shooting. I had suggested last week that three-point shooting was going to play a huge role in this game. 
Carolina and Virginia Tech came in as the top two three-point shooting teams in the conference by percentage, with Virginia Tech leading the way. Well, Carolina lived up to what they're doing. Virginia Tech, not so much. The Hokies were shooting 40.9% from deep on the season, but were only able to manage hitting 5 of 26 against the Tar Heels. That's 19.2%. And so that, uh, in, in any game where you're a team that relies on the three, as Virginia Tech does, is not going to go very well for you. And so we got to make sure uh, that if we're Carolina, we're doing all those things, continuing to guard in the way that they did. And uh, so much of that is because of Mr. Leaky Black. The other thing that went the way it has been going this season, the second big thing that I think contributed to Carolina's victory was the free throw shooting. Uh, Amongst everything else that happened, the Tar Heels were 13 of 15 from the line on Saturday, including, and most importantly, in the home stretch of the game. Uh, Virginia Tech hadn't been able to foul very much throughout the second half Um, And so they needed to kind of get up their fouls to even get Carolina to the line. But what that meant was that every time they did, the Tar Heels were facing a one-and-one scenario. Each time it was Caleb Love that came to the line. The seventh foul, one-and-one. Boom, makes them both. Next time, eighth foul, another one-and-one opportunity. Boom, Caleb Love makes them both. Come to the line one more time. Ninth opportunity, Caleb Love Front end, back end. Caleb Love goes six for six on all three one-and-one opportunities down the stretch of the second half, and then Baycott hit two more right after that once the Tar Heels got into the double bonus. But 13 of 15 for the game, including the all-important one-and-ones down the stretch as as Virginia Tech is trying to elongate the game, and that all equated to the Tar Heels being able to walk out victorious. But the thing that I think contributed most to this victory in an unexpected way was none other than Armando Baycott. Had his double-double like he's been doing, 20th on the season. No, it's not him. Caleb Love led the entire game, 21 points, 7 assists, season high for him. Not him. The person that I think really turned the tide for Carolina was none other than Mr. Leaky Black. And here's why. Early in the game, Carolina had been relying on the three-point shot. At the point in the game when things turned, this tide that turned I'm about to talk about, the Tar Heels were down 22-16. 12 of those 16 points were from beyond the arc. Carolina was shooting four from eight from three, and that's great, but they were not doing what they needed to to get the ball inside, to get it to Armando Baycott, or penetrate. And so here's what happened. Hunter Couture, who was the third leading three-point shooter in the ACC, has a shot, a great look at a three, to put Virginia Tech up uh, nine at that point. It would have been 25-16. But uh, thanks to Leaky Black's defense, it went missing, and Leaky got the rebound, drove all the way coast-to-coast, got fouled, and went to the line. Hit both shots. Then, Virginia Tech, on their ensuing possession, Leaky Black gets a steal, pitches ahead to Caleb Love, gets it back, drives, makes it through contact this time, and the foul. Not to mention, that foul was on Keve Aluma, his second, 
So he has to go to the bench with still about seven minutes left in the first half. Big time for Carolina for that to happen. Leakey makes the and one. So now the score is 22 to 21, still in favor of Virginia Tech. But now Carolina has turned the tide and is able to go on that crazy run to end the half up eight. And so that, I think, Leaky Black's instigation there in the first half was what really turned the tide of this game in favor of the Tar Heels. And then not to mention in the second half, he had two really big, important offensive rebounds, uh, two of only five that Carolina had in the game, each of which led to points, the first of which led to a Baycott bucket um, as Virginia Tech had brought the lead down to 5-49-44. And then the other was when Virginia Tech had cut the lead back to uh, uh, 7 at that point, and that offensive rebound led to a Brady Manic dunk, 9-point lead, Hokies never got within 7 again, bing, bang, boom, Leaky Black's the man, and the most important factor in this game for the Tar Heels. You can take that to the bank. Carolina does not win this game without Leaky Black. Well, so the big question then is, does this win get Carolina into the NCAA tournament? I'm going to tell you about that in just a minute. But first, let me talk to you about Bet Online. Football might be over for the season, but football is full, excuse me, basketball is full go. The NBA will be coming off of All-Star Weekend, pick back up on Thursday. Selection Sunday is just three weeks away, believe it or not. And so from all the latest odds, totals, player performance props, to where the next fired coach is going to land, betonline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds, as well as the latest Olympic coverage, which just wrapped up. Uh, America got fifth most medals. Great, great Olympics for the USA. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Thanks again for making Locked On Tar Heels your first listen every day. And I want to remind you that now you can also make it your first watch every day. So please, please, please go to the YouTube channel, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Can't ask you that enough. So uh, we said we're going to talk about what, what does Carolina's win at Virginia Tech mean going forward? What does it mean for the rest of the season? I'm going to tell you that. But first, I want to give you my shady stat of the game. After every game, I'm going to provide you what I think is one of the most important stats or just most interesting stats from that game. And so uh, at Virginia Tech, Carolina held the Hokies to 57 points. The Hokies are averaging 70.1 points, and that's even after factoring in this game. So it was higher before that. Why does that matter? This was the sixth time this season that Carolina has held an opponent to under 60 points. But here's the kicker. This was the first time on the road. And so the Carolina defense stepping up, holding that Hokie offense in check, especially from beyond the arc, as we had talked about. There's your shady stat of the game. Love that. And so uh, the roller coaster season continues as the Tar Heels finally got their coveted Q1 victory in the always raucous, always crazy Castle Coliseum. It doesn't guarantee, this win doesn't guarantee the Tar Heels getting into the NCAA tournament by no stretch of the imagination. But 
it will go a long way towards mitigating that loss at Pitt on Wednesday inside um, the Smith Center. And so they want to keep that going, need to keep that going um, as they move towards the NCAA tournament. Here's the good news. This win is definitely going to stay as a quad one victory. I know some of them float back and forth between quad one and quad two or quad two and quad three. But here's the thing with this win. Virginia Tech currently is 41st in the net and they could drop all the way to 75th and it'd still be a Q1 victory because it was on the road. And so Carolina can can be confident that they're going to have at least one quad one victory on their resume. Why is that important? Well, it's important because no team with zero quad one wins has ever made the NCAA tournament as an at-large. This is only the fourth year of that, so there there is a little bit of a small sample size, but that's where it's at, so this quad one win is huge. In terms of bracketology, Joe Lenardi from ESPN, uh, prior to the Virginia Tech game, because of the loss to Pitt, had Carolina as last four in, but now, following the game, uh, with Sunday's refresh, he had Carolina in as one of the last four buys. In fact, he had them as the top of the last four buys. What does that language mean? Last four in versus last four buys. You might already be aware of this, but I want to make sure we're all on the same page with it. What are these bubble definitions? Well, let me give them to you. Last four buys, which is where Carolina's at right now, means that you are in the field. It's all at large teams. Uh, means that you don't have to play in the play-in games. You're just slotted into the field already. So you're starting either on Thursday or Friday. That last four in category that Carolina was in before the Virginia Tech game means that those are the four at-large teams that have to go to Dayton to play in the play-in games. And so that's very good for Carolina to have moved off of that part of the bubble. And hopefully they can continue to win and stay off of off of the last four in, stay in that last four buys, or even better, um, just not even be in the bubble consideration if they can continue to win. Uh, last four out and next four out, those are the teams that just aren't in the field period. And so that's where Carolina does not want to fall to. And so just has to keep winning. In terms of where some of those rankings are, uh, currently the Tar Heels are 42nd in the net and 43rd at Ken Palm. And so that's some of those metrics uh, that that we're tracking and, and in terms of sorting and where all the teams are at. And so Carolina wants to keep winning, keep growing those numbers. So So what does it mean uh, right now, Carolina is in, in pretty decent shape, especially given that loss to Pitt. They could really be off of the bubble. So this Virginia Tech win, again, was massive and huge to what they needed to do. But they are by no means safely in. So you have to keep winning. Of the four regular season games remaining tonight versus Louisville, Saturday at NC State, next Monday versus Syracuse at home, and then the final regular season game at Cameron Indoor Stadium against Duke, I feel like in order to feel really good about where you're at, you have to win those first three games, Louisville, NC State, and Syracuse. The, the Duke game, that would be the cherry on top. Man, if they could pull that one, you're in, you're good, don't worry about it. However, if they can at least go 3-1 and one with the one loss being to Duke, which, which would not be awesome, right? Nobody wants to lose to Duke, but that's the most understandable of the games that are remaining. And then once you get into the ACC tournament, really got to win at least one game in that to feel good about your standing. 
A lot of it depends on what other teams do down the stretch as well, but but that's my suggestion. If Carolina wants to feel comfortable, go 3-1 and one down the stretch, or 4-0, oh, hey, that'd be great, and win at least one ACC tournament game. That helps you feel safe. Speaking of the ACC, where are the ACC standings following the Virginia Tech win? Carolina is currently tied for third with Miami, just behind Duke and Notre Dame. However, Miami holds the tiebreaker over Carolina, as do all these other teams at the top other than Virginia. And so Carolina would be the fourth seed if things ended today. Wake Forest and Virginia, though, are only half a game back. They have the same amount of wins and just one more loss than Carolina and Miami. And so you just got to keep going forward. And again, the Tar Heels don't hold the tiebreak over any of these other teams other than Virginia. And so they really need to keep keep winning, keep winning, keep winning, keep winning. So the first step towards continuing to win is beating Louisville tonight in the Smith Center. I'll preview that game in just a moment. But first, let me tell you about Built Bar. Built Bars are a great candy bar replacement option covered in 100% real chocolate. Some of the great flavors include mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, boy, these sound great, and new for this month, cookies and cream. Chocolate cookies and cream. Come on with that noise. White chocolate cookies and cream. Let's just keep blowing it up. They're all delicious and new flavors are coming out all the time. At Built Bar, they're all about the taste. They make it taste delicious first, and then they figure out how to make it healthy. I don't know how they pull it off, but they always do, and it's always great. A typical candy bar can have anywhere from 200 to 300 calories, but most Built Bars have just 130. So go to BuiltBar.com and scroll down to the macros chart. You'll be blown away. Most Built Bars contain 130 calories, just 4 grams of sugar, just 4 net carbs, 17 grams of protein. So go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Okay, Monday, 7 o'clock Eastern on ESPN, on ESPN's Big Monday. Louisville Cardinals coming into the Smith Center, 11-14, 6-10 in the conference, while the Tar Heels are 19-8 and overall, 11-5 in the ACC. This is another must-win game for Carolina. This game, if they win it, it would be number 20 on the season. That's always such a great benchmark to try to get to. Uh, And side note, it would be the 62nd time in Carolina history to reach at least 20 wins on a season. That's crazy. Virginia, uh, excuse me, Louisville is just two and eight in their last 10 games and have been struggling. You you know the coaching change with Chris Mack stepping away and they had lost Malik Williams for a while, but. As we saw from that matchup just 20 days ago inside the KFC Yum Center. Yum. Doesn't that always just make you hungry to think about? Give me all that KFC. All the finger licking good. Let's do it. Anyway, you remember that game. Louisville was tough. Yes, they're struggling. But it was a very difficult game um, to win. So here's the thing, folks. If you're even thinking about going to this game tonight... Go. The Smith Center has to be rocking. There's tickets available. Um, Go be there. Go be there. Do it if you can. And so um, you'll remember the first game, the Tar Heels came away winning 90-83, but it took overtime to get there. And so uh, L. Ellis uh, came off the bench for Louisville, scored 25 points, including five threes, 
And, and he was the one that Carolina just really struggled to shut down in that game. And now having him combined with Malik Williams, who we'll talk about in just a minute, brings another issue to the table. In that first game, Manic Brady Manic led the Tar Heels with 24 points, but uh, Armando Baycott was really the standout. 19 points, 22 rebounds, one of his three 20-plus rebound games this season, and so would love to see him be able to reach that type of level again. Going to be harder, again, because Malik Williams should be back. So when we think about previewing this game, looking at what's ahead, I've got four things I'm looking out for, and I want to share those with you. Number one, home court advantage? Question mark. The Tar Heels started off the season 12-0 at home won their first 12 games inside the Dean Dome. That's fantastic. Uh, last season, you remember how good the Smith Center was to the Tar Heels. <laughs> Coach Williams kissed center court as he walked off. Uh, that led to other things that we now know about. But the, the Smith Center has been so good to Carolina last season and the majority of this season. But in the last three games, Carolina is 1-2 at home. The loss to Duke and then the loss to Pittsburgh with the Florida State romp sandwiched in between that was a great win and here's the thing the reason I say home field advantage question mark home court advantage question mark is because there's a lot of seats available when you've been seeing these these weeknight games always it's tough to fill up the Smith Center because it's so big and cavernous and so this game against Louisville is so incredibly important if the Tar Heels want to make the NCAA tournament I mean, hey, if you want more games in the Smith Center and want to play in the NIT, fantastic. Don't show up on Monday night. <laughs> but if you want to get to the NCAA tournament, come, cheer, make this home court advantage an overwhelming advantage for the Tar Heels as Louisville comes in. That's the first thing I'm looking for is that home court advantage. Number two, get physical with Carolina. That has been the, the MO, the game plan for several teams this season in the ACC. We saw Louisville try to bang around Carolina a lot in that first game. The, the officials, frankly, lost control of the game down the stretch. Um, but clearly Louisville has tried to do that in the past. We saw Pittsburgh come in on Wednesday night of last week and push around the Tar Heels. That, that was their game plan, and they executed it, and it worked. So you, we have to expect that Louisville is going to try to come in and do that again. Let's see if, if these Tar Heels are tough enough to respond and stand up and, and push back. And so who is that going to be? Is it Caleb Love? He likes to get up and chirp in people's faces. Is it Armando Baycott? Is it Leaky Black? Who is going to be that guy? Or maybe it's the whole team. Maybe who can be those guys to stand up and stand in and take these take these hits and then hit back. Not in the way that Jawan Howard hit back on Sunday. Yikes. We can't be having that. But who is going to be tough? Who is going to be Tyler Hansborough bringing that fire. That's one of the things I'm watching out for. Number three, for Louisville, Malik Williams is back. You might recall that Malik Williams wasn't in the lineup for Louisville last time these two teams met. He had been out for a little bit and then still missed uh, some more time after that. Louisville's played four games since facing Carolina, and he's only just in their pass game this Saturday against Clemson, got back into the starting lineup for the first time, played 29 minutes, scored 12 points, and so he's uh, rounding back into form a little bit for Louisville, and so Carolina is going to have to be ready for that. 
And Malik Williams brings something to the table for Louisville that they don't otherwise have. It's kind of like what Carolina's missing with Dawson Garcia. And so we're, we're probably going to see some different defensive alignments than we did the last time around in that first game. So be ready for that. Here's the fourth thing I'm watching out for as Carolina hosts Louisville is the bench production. Whoo, the bench. Last time Carolina played Louisville when they traveled to play the Cardinals in the Yum Center. Guess how many points the bench scored? Goose egg, zero, none. Nothing coming off the bench. Uh, there were just three players that came. Carolina had eight total participate in that game, and not a one of the three substitutes scored a single point. That's not good. Similarly, on Saturday at Virginia Tech, Carolina had a whopping three points off the bench. It was a Dontrez Styles three early in the game. But other than that, Styles didn't score again. Kerwin Walton didn't score. Puff Johnson didn't score. And so Carolina has to find some help for the starters who are playing big minutes. Keep in mind, this is one of those 48-hour turnarounds. So the Tar Heels played on Saturday, and now we're playing again. And so the starters each played a lot of minutes on Saturday to beat Virginia Tech. And so Coach Davis is going to have to find some more spaces for those guys to rest their legs uh, tonight against Louisville. Who can be that guy? Can Puff Johnson come in and maybe hit a three, do some things? Can Kerwin Walton do uh, some of what he did down the stretch against Pittsburgh, trying to bring Carolina back uh, and get that victory? We'll see. The other question is Justin McCoy's availability. Remember, he missed Wednesday's game against Pittsburgh. He also didn't play Saturday. And so what will he be ready and available? We don't know. But Carolina is going to be relying upon Dontre Styles, upon Puff Johnson, upon Kerwin Walton to come in and spell the starters. They got to get some production out of that bench. So, Coach Davis said after Saturday's game that Carolina has really learned well how to bounce back this year. When things have gone poorly, they come back, lose to Pittsburgh, come back, get this monumental win against Virginia Tech. But what the Tar Heels have not learned to do is how on earth do we sustain success? How, how do we win and keep winning? How do we build on that? And so that is what's going to have to happen tonight. 7 o'clock, Smith Center, on ESPN. Let's do it. Tar Heels got to get a win against Louisville and keep things going. So that's it for today's edition, today's episode of Locked on Tar Heels. The first ever here on YouTube, live in that way. Not live, it's recorded, but it's on YouTube. <laughs> so please, please, please do me a favor. Go hit that subscribe button. Just takes a second of your day, but is monumentally helpful for what we're trying to do to build this podcast and get it out there in the world. And so if you like what you're hearing, go tell a friend, ask them to subscribe, bring them along, whether it's on the audio formats or, or watching on YouTube, either way is great. Coming up tomorrow, we're going to recap the Louisville game. We're going to, seriously, why was Cole Anthony trying to dunk in Timberlands? We're going to unpack that and more. Thank you so much for making Locked on Tar Heels your first listen every single day, including today. And now, let me encourage you to make NFL Locked on NFL Draft your second listen today. 
Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker bring the NFL draft to life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts, just like the rest of the Locked On Network. Thanks so much for spending part of your Monday talking Carolina sports with me. And remember, it's always a great day to be a Tar Heel. Until tomorrow, peace! Peace!